Between You and Me, the podcast for fabulous but possibly frazzled women who want to take charge of their lives. Co-hosted by Galway journalist and NLP coach Maria McHale and Dublin journalist and the midlife coach Alana Kirk. Because let's face it, between you and me, we'd all love to be able to press pause once in a while. So hi and welcome to another podcast between you and me. This week, um, it is a topic that women just love to hate. Yep, it's body image. (laughs) And I think it's one of those huge, huge subjects, not just, I think, for women of all ages, but particularly, you know, the whole middle age thing, middle age, it's a lovely term. Um, But it's that whole idea of um, how much we've changed and we then add in anti-aging and it becomes this huge monster, not even an elephant in the room. I think for a lot of women, it's a monster in the room, isn't it? And I also, well, it's, it, I, it doesn't just, it's not just women. I mean, I have three daughters, yeah. you have two daughters. Um, and I can see already the impact of this idea of body image and how it's affecting them. So um, we're going to go into how it really does affect us at this age um, and how we certain things you can do about it. But I'm noticing and I'm really, really taken aback by just how much it has begun to take shape in my daughter's eyes and minds. And it's from an external source. It's definitely not coming from inside the house here. I don't have a set of scales in this house. Oh, same. And I've really noticed it. And it's even things like how they relate to food, you know, good food and bad food. It's obviously the whole social media thing of, you know, where they're getting their messages from. So yeah, I've always been really conscious of not discussing any kind of body image um, in the house. Um, but it still creeps in. Yeah, and that horrible D word, diet. Um, and then I think a couple of weeks ago, my daughter, my teenager, she's nearly 15, and she is beautiful in my eyes. Well, she is beautiful in all eyes, and she's slim, and she's just coming out of that sort of nubile phase where her body is filling out, and she just doesn't know how to cope with it. So yeah. she says, I just want to be skinny. I just want to be skinny. Yeah. Really? But I've kind of tried to sort of dig deeper. And I think what she probably means, well, she also wants to be skinny because that is what she's seeing on Instagram. Mm. But it, I think she also just can't cope with the curves. Yes. Uh, and I keep saying to her, listen, in a few, because she's become quite curvy and uh, she takes after her mother. Um, <laughs> and so I said, you know, in a few years time, you're going to love that cleavage. Not so much right now. No. <laughs> I know. And I would have a similar thing with my girls because they're actually nearly 16. um, And uh, same thing. They're both very sporty. So they've actually got, you know, they're slim and they're fit and they're toned, but they see that muscle and it's, you know, like muscle of, of a teenage girl, but it's just, they look they've got just lovely definition, but they they see that as a negative thing because they they want that skinny, you know, stick insect look and they have curves as well. And it's like, oh, trying to tell them, which of course they don't want to hear from their moms. It's all okay. Um, That's why I think it's really, really important that um, young people have role models, like really good role models, because they're not going to listen to us. No. Um, You know, despite how gorgeous and trendy we are, Maria, (laughs) uh, they're going to just look at us as frumpy old women. (laughs) Or as I am now renamed Karen, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I am simply Karen, you know, that crazy lady who is so overdramatic about everything and knows nothing. (laughs) 
Well, at least yours is a polite name. Mine, I can't repeat. But, um, I mean, what's really, really depressing about this, and we'll go on to the positive shortly, because I think there's been a huge positive shift mm. in this fight back against body image and how, how, you know, how much it actually dictates so much of our life. But just to, you know, to put it in context, that we as women for generations have allowed an external force uh, called the fashion industry to actually dictate what body shape is good and which is bad. And mm. um, yet when you look at body shapes and I mean, just Google body shapes, there are four or five different types. There's the sort of up and down one, there's the pear shape, there's the apple shape, there's all these different things. Those are natural evolutionary evolved body shapes. Yet, depending on the fashion du jour, some of those will be in or and some in or you're out. Yeah, yeah. And, it's, and you know, I'm not being, but you know, some sort of gay man in New York designing fashion clothes should not be dictating my self-esteem and my self-worth because he's decided that this year the inn is, you know, big bums. Whereas, yeah. you know, for the last five years, what I tried to get rid of her bums and like, what, really? We've got to put big bums back and no boobs? And we had boob, big boob, boobs. Actually, yeah. you know, in 1910, the lauded body type was the Gilbert girl, which was like an eight loop body, busty and hippie with a tiny waist, which could actually only be achieved with a corset, yet it was in every magazine. Yes. Expected to, to do that. So sort of, Flat-chested, normal-waisted women looked like felt like shit. And then in the 1920s, after the war, it was the flapper girl. Tall, mm. thin, ankles on show, no boobs, no chest, no waist. And then by the 1940s, it was all curves and angles are in. Big, boxy shoulders, torpedo bras. So small, round women feel like shit. Mm. Then in the 1950s, it's Jessica Rabbit, which yeah. of course was an actual construct and not a real creature. <laughs> Big boss, small waist, rounded hips. So now the thin, flat-chested women feel like shit. And actually there were ads in magazines in the 1950s for bust cream. And yes, for all the women who then spent five years putting bust cream on, <laughs> the 1960s came and Twiggy became the beauty standard. <laughs> But hang on, I've just improved my bust with bust cream, but no, Twiggy is the it girl. And there were actually ads running in the 1960s, um, or one ad ran saying, pear shape is no shape for a girl. Are we exhausted yet, Maria? Because that would be the last 90s to fuck with our heads. So in 1970s, it was Farrah Fawcett and the long, lean disco queen. Then it was the 80s and all about the legs and Elle McPherson. And then, look, we were all fecked when supermodels came on board. Um, and now this, then with the waif look in the 90s, the heroin chic. And, you know, now, just as you sort of try to get some sense of who you are, it's big bums. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> and I just thought you were feeling there a minute ago. I just, it's like bloody exhausting just listening to that. And as you say, it's like, it's not like you can just like uh, take off the boobs or take yeah. off the hips or, you know, and, and it's like if you have... Uh, big boobs in, when when in a no boobs trend it's it's a bit awkward really isn't it <laughs> it's really awkward and I think that is what is so harming to girls and women that instead of it being about being fit healthy and you know I know lots of people who are fit but don't fit the sort of more slender body shape so I think you it, you know it's not about being thin it's about being fit and being healthy but instead you know 
you can go through several years of your growing up where your boobs aren't in fashion or your bum isn't in fashion or your waist isn't in fashion, mm. all dictated to by a fashion industry, which has, bears no relevance to your life. Yeah. And I think the media now perpetuate that as well. And I know people go on about the media and of course we're both journalists, but it is that kind of thing of the, the commentary and how it's totally acceptable to comment on women's bodies. And I notice it, you know, certainly in some of the tabloids that I try not to read very often, but just the language that's used, you know, and it's like, you know, someone's photographed on a beach is like, she's flaunting her figure. And I'm thinking, no, she's not. She's just walking on a beach and you've happened to take a picture of her. But it's that, again, creating this image of, of women doing something for um, sure. Yeah, for show sure, about their bodies. And, and we it, have to exist only in how yeah. we are perceived by other people as opposed yeah. to how we feel like skin. We get, we take in those messages so much ourselves that, you know, it's, it's not surprising, you know, that our daughters are doing it when you think we've just literally had that messaging our entire lives, you know, and it starts at such a young age. And even though we've both got teenage girls, I know that um, when I was just looking up some stuff about body image through the ages for this podcast, you know, girls as young as seven now are commenting about their bodies and, and, and having issues, body image issues, which is actually unbelievable when you think about it, that, you know, you would even be aware of those things at seven. So it is actually quite shocking. And, um, yeah, I think just when we get to this age, it's kind of like it's another whole issue because we're now going into aging or anti-aging or whatever aging we feel like it. And our bodies may have changed for all sorts of reasons from having children to maybe like, again, you know, some people um, our age have been much more cancer, um, <laughs> all sorts of things, you know, uh, to wine bellies and gin bellies and <laughs> overeating, undereating, all the things we've done over the years. Um, have given us the bodies we have now. And so it's another whole issue that really rears its head. And I think that's really important because, you know, we've been aging since mm -hmm. we were born, yes. but suddenly it's only become an important thing when we sort of hit 40. Well, sorry, I've been aging all my life. I've been growing and developing and aging, but suddenly now I'm not supposed to. And I mean, I think it's as young as sort of mid thirties to 40 that the anti-aging cream starts being promoted yes. to trans women as yes. if suddenly you've got a halt time. Um, and you know, I've said constantly uh, through my coaching and different things that it's not about growing old gracefully. It's about growing old powerfully yes. and being powerful means you take ownership of yourself and, and, and it, it, but it's a fight. I mean, it's it's a fight and a battle in this world where, you know, body shaming is such a thing and image shaming. And, and it's not even, I think we, we've, we are starting to see a shift in that. And we're certainly starting to see plus models used a lot more. We're starting to see older women used a lot more in um, advertising, etc. But there's still they're being lauded as, oh, look at us, we're using older women and look at us, we're using plus women, as opposed to this is actually what women look like yes. and feel yes. like. And I think that's a big part of it. And of course, in all of this, um, and this is a journey that I've been on myself, you know, it's, it's really, it doesn't really matter what's out there because we only have the body we actually have. We can't take off our skin. And I think 
that's one of the biggest problems, isn't it? That we are, you know, with all these messages made to somehow feel inadequate or, you know, not right or not enough. And, you know, it's certainly something I can talk about myself. And I know that we have discussed it uh, here because one of the things that's happened to me, uh, I've always actually been slim until about five, six years ago when I developed an autoimmune uh, condition. And it's to do with my thyroid, which loves uh, weight. And uh, I've put on a good bit of weight and I have really mentally struggled with that. And what was interesting is, it's like you're saying, it's not like you can just take off, you know, that body image and hang it up and, and, you know, put on the slim one again. It starts messing with our mind and it makes you realize how much those messages, whether you thought you weren't listening to them or not, how much um, they affect you. But actually, the biggest thing for me um, is really about how much my own internal image, you know, of what I am and who I am has been affected by the weight. And I think that's a huge thing for women of this age that, you know, for whatever reason, you know, our hormones can start playing up. Um, you know, we might have had babies, we might have gained weight, we might have lost weight, we might have been ill. Things start happening in our 40s and 50s. And we forget that, that we actually are an evolving system. Yes. Just like I'm seeing with my daughters, them grapple with this idea that they're, you know, up until the age of sort of 11, 12, their bodies were pretty straightforward, literally up and down, um, hands and feet. And now it's moving and shaping in all different kinds of ways and they're developing bumps and lumps and bits. And um, they, they have their whole attitude to how they look is going to have to change as they, as they juggle just that normal evolutionary change through puberty and into having boobs and hips and all the rest of it. And we've kind of all struggled with that. I mean, I certainly have been up and down with my weight over the years um, and never really reached a level of satisfaction. Even when I was in my sort of more slim periods of time, there was always a pressure to keep them slim as opposed to just actually sitting and enjoying who I was. And I had not really just reached that stage when, of course, the haphazard hormonal fiasco of menopause kicked in, um, which can start for a lot of women uh, in the early 40s and it can last up to 10 years where just our body starts to change and shift. And I mean, it's a physical thing. It's a, it's a medical thing, a biological thing. Our fat stops being stored around our hips because we're, we're slowing down our breeding opportunity mm. and the, the fat now starts to gather uh, on our stomachs. It's a thing, you yeah. know, and you kind of assume when you're younger, oh yeah, but that wouldn't happen to me. And then it starts happening and you're going, no, what? And it's a thing. And um, yeah, that, so again, you've got to adjust and adjust and adjust to what am I happy with and what do I look like? And also just accepting, because I think that's the other thing, no more than, you know, when we go back to the, the different body images throughout the, the decades, you know, this isn't something we can stop or, you know, halt. We might be able to halt it a little bit, but really, no matter what, these things are going to happen to us and they do happen to us. The same like when we, you know, for, as we get older, we'll often develop different little illnesses or things happen or, you know, after children. And it's not like we can just go, actually, um, no, I'm opting out of that option. Yeah. Thanks very much. <laughs> I'm just going to skip from A to D. Thank you. I'm going to skip the menopause. It's like, it doesn't happen like that. We just have to actually suck it up. And and the mental um, kind of bandwidth we need to, to actually suck it up, you know, to actually go, okay, my body isn't the way I want it to be or the way I remember it, because that would be a big thing for me. 
um, you know, uh, with the way I've thought about myself at this particular weight is that I kept have this, I have this vision of me as thin me, who I'm okay with and who I know what clothes suit thin me. And I like the way thin me looks. And then uh, stepping into the me that is this weight, I struggle with how I look, how my clothes feel, how, but, but there's nothing I can actually do about it. And I've, you know, I think that's been the hardest acceptance. And it's the same with all the things that happen to us like menopause. We actually just have to sit in it and wait for it to pass and, you know, do the best we can with what we've got and look after ourselves, but we can't actually stop it. I think, you know, and I use this CIA in quite a few of the podcasts, but, you know, it applies to everything. What do you have to accept? And then you get out of that powerless space because you're trying to change things you have to actually accept and get back into what can I influence and what can I control? And you've got to accept that your body is changing. Like we kind of have been used to on a sort of very micro level because every month in our 20s and 30s and into our 40s, we'd have gone through two or three days in that month where if you're anything like me, you just you just attach a nozzle bag to your face and slide <laughs> down chocolate. That's just the way it works. And you have to sort of deal with that sort of hormonal balance throughout the, a normal month. Um, whereas, you know, it becomes far more intense so, but the most important thing for me happened when I realized that changing was happening to my body was that I got myself informed as quickly as possible as to what was happening and why it was happening. And then accepting that this is a natural part of my evolution. And thank God I'm here because I know plenty of women who aren't going through this, who never made it this far yes. and accepting and being so grateful that yes, I'm developing a menopause belly, which is possibly, but I, I will not completely you know condone this that it is possibly enhanced by my wine intake but um, I have to accept that that's there now what can I control and what can I influence well I can try and influence what I put into my body I can be very grateful my body has got me this far but hey it needs a bit of a helping hand so I do have to shift ever so slightly from the over sugared foods to the spinach mm -hmm. I didn't eat a piece of spinach for the first 38 years of my life. Oh, really? Now I'd have spinach nearly every day because I just got used to it. Yeah. Um, and I had to add things like nuts and seeds and different things. That doesn't mean I've completely given up on all the stuff that I used to love, but it is now just about accepting that if I want to have some control over my body, I need to be sure that I nourish it with the right things and, and keep it as fit and, and well nourished as possible. But I think, I think we often do women grow up and they have a resistance to the body. And I think this is a really important time with menopause to realize actually we could work with our bodies instead. Yes. And I think that's been a, a change that I've had to kind of come along to. And it's taken me a while to do it, you know. And um, But that idea that actually the body we've got is the one we were in. And uh, like you just said there, you know, we I think we've both lost friends and where they haven't had the pleasure of even getting to this age. And I think that's something that happens to us around this age, where we suddenly acknowledge that we're, we're still here and we're okay. And that's been a huge bit for me where I had to, to just say to myself, well, I'm here right now. This is me. And this is the way I look right now. And I can do all the optimal things to look after myself, my health, but I may still just be this way. And learning to accept that um, and just go kind of go inside and just go, 
it's okay and I'm alive and and I do I know we've and, talked and also just recognize that you look fabulous as you are I know and I feel like unless I meet this expectation I'm not fabulous no yes. I'm fabulous I'm going to be just a different kind of fabulous yes we all know that confidence is the best accessory and you know you could be a good looking Go, you know, you've, we've seen them all, especially those excruciatingly self-conscious girls in their sort of 20s. And they're, they could be Instagram perfect, perfect skin, the eyelashes, the hair, they've got everything done. And they've no confidence. And it yeah. shows in how they walk. And you could have somebody walk in who just glows, who doesn't maybe tick all the necessary boxes. And I think that is what... I believe we should try and shift our brains. And I think at mid-age and mid-life, this is a really important time to do it, from being about body image to inner confidence, about inner beauty, about who am I as a person, what have I got to offer? I'm a damn sight more to offer than my belly. So you can look at my belly or you can take me as all of I am. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's the lovely thing about getting to that point. You know, you do kind of get to your forks. And I know when we were setting up this podcast, you know, we wanted to hear these kind of voices of people because we both feel very similar about, you know, you've got to that point of all the messages, all the ways you should be, all the ways you could be, all the ways you might be. And, you know, you do kind of get to your forties and late forties and you do kind of get to the point where you just don't give a shit. <laughs> You're just like, this is me. This is who I am. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, you're tired. You're just like, I'm tired of it all. But it is that thing of just like, you do, you start going, actually, this is the me. And and I mean, that's what I was saying. You know, we, we've done a podcast before on gratitude, but the way I turned around um, my body image kind of issues around this weight was to go, this body gets me do it. I do yoga. I go walking. I can climb things. I can hop out of bed. I can see everything, you know, and just turning it around into all the things that is, are wonderful about my body that work, that are fine. And as you say, you know, my energy and actually looking after myself and doing all the positive things and basically not giving a shit about the rest and just going, this is me. And again, go back to the idea of instead of resisting our bodies and seeing them as a sort of entity that that's, we have to sort of put up with and actually now working with our bodies and seeing it as we're part of a team. We've got our mind, we've got our bodies, we've got our, our personalities. They're all part of a team and we all work together. Um, it's about looking at saying, well, actually, given where, again, the CIA, what can I control? What can I influence? What can I accept? If I accept that this is my body shape this year because of any kind of reasons why, Either I haven't been getting out as much or I'm getting out more or because I am going through menopause or I'm out the other side or because I've had five babies or whatever it might be. Accepting mm-hmm. where I am now, now, what can I control and influence? Part of that is what you put into your body and your, and your health and your fitness. But a lot of it is also how do you dress that body? And, you know, when I saw my beautiful 14-year-old on Christmas Day who'd opened up a whole package of, of of clothes and things that she'd got for Christmas and so so excited and then I went up to her bedroom later on and she was crying and I said what, what's happening and she said none of them fit I'm ugly and I'm fat oh. I can tell you she would wear a size four if she was an adult mm. so and, and I was so distraught I had to go and walk around the park and then I had to realize that what did I feel like when I was her age it's not that she feels ugly or fat She's just not used to this body yet. Yes. And she's trying to still put an adolescent, a growing body into adolescent clothes. Hmm. So I went back in and I said, look, the most important thing you can learn about dressing yourself is that 
you've got to dress for your body shape, not for the fashion. So I think I'm five foot four. I think I've had to accept no matter how many times these damn things come back into fashion, culottes will not suit me. I will not be able to wear culottes. So that's fine. I've not accepted this. I'm short. I I can't wear tall clothes. But I've got boobs, so I wear V-necks because that highlights that. I can't wear sack dresses because because of my boobs, it makes me have no waist. So it's about understanding. And if you're flat-chested, you wear polonex. It's about whatever it might be. So it's about understanding how can you dress the body you have to accentuate all the wonderful things about it and give you the confidence to actually wear your personality, not just your body. Yeah. And that's the key, isn't it? And I think that's the bit that the kind of the midlife bit that we've both um, embraced very much is that, you know, we are who we are, body, mind, everything, and that that's all we can be. So we can fight it, argue with it, um, be miserable about it, or we can actually embrace it. And I think that's the bit, you know, I think it's, you know, I've really kind of adopted that 80 20 approach to, to, to life as well. Just that, you know, we, I'm trying to be optimally healthy with, healthy with everything I do, but I'm still going to have, a, you know, the odd glass of wine. If I want some chocolate, I'm going to have some chocolate. If I want some crisps, I'm going to have some crisps. I'm not going to demonize myself. I'm not going to torture myself. And I think that's the great thing about being this age that you do kind of get to the point where you think, I know me, I know what I like. I know who I am. I think the really important thing is to do it consciously. So I have a client who's trying to get lose weight. um, And we've talked about her certain triggers. And it's about saying, well, okay, if if, if it's the packet of crisps at night, don't eat them mindlessly. Mm. Because you could eat... A pack, you could eat crisps sort of five times a week and you won't remember three of those times because you've just tried them down. And we've all done that. You know, you've tried down the packet of crisps and gone, oh, I only remember eating one of them. Mm-hmm. Or you can recognize that you really want crisps on Friday night because you're going to have a gin and tonic and crisps and they all go together really nicely. And you don't, you know, eat mindlessly, but you focus and then really enjoy. So you're still having the crisps, but you're doing it mindfully. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. And I think a lot of this is around our beliefs and our, you know, our attitudes to ourselves. And if you can switch the negativity, which we've talked about before, you know, but that really is, I mean, most of this pod, these podcast episodes are just the shit that got us through other shit. (laughs) And it's like, it's that whole idea of just having little switches in our minds and in our brains so that instead of berating ourselves or feeling bad about things, that we can acknowledge where we are with what we've got now. And, you know, are there ways we can change things, make things better and being okay with it and just letting it go. And I think that's been a huge thing for me where I've just, even with my daughters, you know, where I, you know, of course they don't listen to me, but, you know, I'm saying, look, you know, as long as you're healthy, I mean, it's such a cliche, but, you know, you're healthy, you're fit, you're not sick. Um, You know, these are the things that matter. And, you know, I found myself saying this to someone the other day and then I just thought, but this is, this is exactly it, Maria. You know, even in the, the whole lockdown that we're still in right now, um, that we are, you know, at the moment, everyone seems to be like drinking the entire off license weekly and, um, you know, overeating and everything. But it's, it's that thing of 
instead of grating ourselves, we've never been in this situation before. So, you know, if you wanted a few packets of crisps and you, you chowed down on, uh, you know, 20 Mars bars over the last month, do you know what? If that's what got you through the whole thing, fine. Same with the, you know, if you were drinking a bit much, you know, we've talked about this. I mean, actually, I've had a, an actual cough, not COVID cough, but, you know, I've been on antibiotics, so I haven't been able to drink that much um, these last few weeks. But just, you know, I have treated myself because I felt like, you know, I'm going to have uh, the gluten-free cake or whatever, because I just felt like, oh my God, this is madness. And just being able to just, as you say, mindfully choose things that make you feel good rather than focusing on all the things that make us feel bad. And I think that's been really important. I mean, yes, I, I think, I mean, I think, I, oh, are we four, four weeks in, five weeks in? I'm not even sure. I'm full sack of time. But I have fluctuated so much in these weeks. Certainly the first week I thought, this is great. I can have a glass of wine every night instead of just the weekends. And then, you know, I thought, oh God, now we're in this for the long haul. And then I did a week of running every day. And then I'm up and down like a yo-yo. And you, you can nearly, I decide whose feeds I'm going to follow. The people who are sort of drinking and eating and the feeds for people who are exercising. Oh, well, which, which tribe am I in today? But I think it is just about being good to yourself and understanding. If we, if we just do that one thing about saying, I'm going to lie myself chocolate because this is what I feel like, as opposed to just wolfing down chocolate unintentionally. Those mm. are the differences. But I, mean, I also think just like I realized that my daughter has to now adapt and change her her idea of how she dresses because her body is changing. I've had to do the same over the last couple of years. So my waist has thickened. It's a normal evolutionary process. It's not because I'm lazy. It's not because I'm X, Y, and Z. I'm not going to self-criticize myself for having a really functioning working body. But the fact is, my so I've had to change some of the clothes that I wear. I mean, I think one of the absolute benefits of COVID lockdown is the fact that I don't think I've worn um, waisted trousers in four weeks. <laughs> it's elasticated trousers all the way. <laughs> um, but, um, which is great. I can't even imagine putting a pair of jeans on at the moment. But... Um, but then also this morning I got a braid o'clock. I've decided to do the uh, Adrienne's 30-day yoga challenge because mm -hmm. I just feel, actually, you know, I really need to move more. I need to have a bit of mental space. I need to do uh, my walks every day with the girls, um, which are not restful, it has to be said. So I have to do a second one by myself. Um, and it's just a case of knowing what you need. And, but being really honest with yourself, you don't need 15 packets of crisps. You might really need one packet of crisps with your gin and tonic on a Friday night and really enjoy that. Mm. But it's that process of just adapting and accepting what does my body need right now? Yeah. And I think we're talking about, you know, the general kind of um, body issues that most of us have had and most of us have faced. And it's, um, you know, it's normal, natural, you know, if you, if you're like us and you're listening to this and you are in your forties or fifties, you know, going into your fifties, you'll definitely have identified with all those stages that we've just described. And, you know, it's like, it's just almost a rite of passage for women now. And, and that's a huge thing. And I think one of the big things for us is, you know, even being able to talk about this stuff that, you know, having a thicker waist, you know, putting on the weight, boobs, having bigger boobs, you know, all these things that it's nearly like we're, we're, we're never allowed to t discuss it. But one of the big things is, you know, these are all kind of, I suppose, they're not life-threatening or superficial things. So if you have got bigger body issues, you know, it's well worth talking to someone um, about them because um, there's no point in carrying it with you yeah. into your 50s or, you know, carry, you know, it's, I think one of the biggest messages we would have in this 
entire series of podcasts is being okay with yourself. However that works for you, just learning and accepting that however you are right now is grand. And it really is the most important thing is just being okay with yourself. And if you do want to make changes, if you do want to say to yourself, well, look, I've, I I want to fitten up. I want to tone up. I want to Mm. get healthier. Then that's, you're doing that for yourself. The thing is to not now ever be doing this for some external fashion police out there who are telling us how we should be that, uh, you know, I want to stay fit and healthy Partly because I know that's where I feel my best, but partly I want a role model to my girls that it's not about dress size. It is about being fit and healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so that's that's for me. But I've had to really get rid of all that external um, levels of, of what does that look like? Is that a size 10? Yeah. Is that a size 12? Is that a size 14? I don't give a shit. It's what I feel makes me look and feel the best at whatever level I managed to settle that on. And I would say the same thing. And as I said, it's not been um, an easy road for me these last five years to learn to love my body. And it's a work in progress. I'll tell you that for nothing. But I have definitely switched my thinking around because I know that to be like, I'm happy in my energy and the way I am is me and I'm okay. And that thing. And one of the big things, I suppose, is, um, you know, someone said to me a few years ago was, you know, love your body because you only have one. And like, I mean, really, that is the thing. We There's just this us in our body. Well, in this I body. have several, actually. I don't know if I'm unusual, <laughs> but I do. I mean, less so now, but certainly over the 10 years where I was sort of having babies and loving. I mean, I had about three wardrobes depending yes, on what size well, I want at any particular yeah. time. <laughs> I had the sort of, you know, pre-baby wardrobe, which I'll definitely get back into that. I had the sort of during, pe- and then, and I think lots of women have that. We all have the, oh, the comfy oh, pants. Yeah. That we oh, I really want to get into those at the weekend. Yes. That's okay. Yeah. Have the aspiring jeans, but also have the really comfy trousers. And both of those are you. Yes. And I think that's our message pretty much for everything, isn't it? And I think, I think this is just the bit, you know, where I've had to really kind of uh, learn this, you know, and, and when I say learn it, just like get it like into my system that, you know, this me that looks out at me when I look in the mirror, you know, is, has done just fine to get to this point and has it's been glorious, Maria. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, and I suppose I'm stepping into that now. And I think, I think all the, you know, we, we started this, we were talking about this just before we started the podcast, you know, that everything that's happened to us has brought us to this point, you know, so without all the body image issues and the, this, the children and the, all the things that have happened, we wouldn't actually have made it to this point and be who we are now. So we can only be grateful for what's happened whatever it's been. (laughs) And I think we're just going to finish off now, but I think the most important thing to remember is we all have enough pressures on our heads. We all are trying to juggle home life and maybe work life and maybe kids, maybe parent care. We're all under extra pressure at the moment because we just don't know what the future holds for the next few months. So let's not allow some, you know, gay man in New York give us some more pressure because he's deciding that clots are the fashion for short people. They're just not. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I think we just need to accept who we are for what we are right now. Take control for as much of that as we can because we do have responsibility to nourish this body as best we can whilst also accepting we need 
nourishment of a different way, which is mm-hmm. could be the chocolate or the wine or whatever. But um, but just and then dressing yourself for your body shape, not for fashion. Mm-hmm. But most importantly, you know, not allowing your personality to be diminished because of your self esteem around your body. Because your body, your personality dresses you far more than, you know, a designer. What a great way to end. Yeah. Your personality is what matters. Absolutely. Um, So, yeah. So hope uh, you are still staying safe and well. (laughs) We shall be carrying on with our next podcast. This one is yet again from our bedrooms. (laughs) I'm in my bedroom this time as well. (laughs) I like your nice bedroom, Maria. It looks lovely. (laughs) <laughs> I've had so many Zoom calls in these last two or three weeks where I'm sort of getting a real indication of, of people's style and fashion things behind them because of their bookshelves or their pictures. And it's just fascinating getting a little sneak into people's lives. So no, that's like a different bedroom. <laughs> yeah, it's like a different world we're living in. So yeah, a world where we're happy with every part of us, including our bodies. And loving elasticated pants. <laughs> <laughs> okay, until next time. Bye. Yeah. Bye. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.